The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 42. This is the second episode of our Path to Enlightenment series, and in the first episode, I explain what I mean by enlightenment, and why I'm doing this series is to attempt to hand out some tools that will help anyone, because we're all different, right? We all have different personalities. We all have tools that we like or dislike. We all have things that make us cringe and things that get us excited. And today, I'm going to start with the dominant personality type that from that comes from the DISC personality profile, and it's the D in DISC. So, if you're a dominant, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're not a dominant, maybe you know somebody who is, and this can still help them. I can tell you one thing. Understanding other people and what makes them tick is the most valuable thing I can. I think I may have ever learned in my life as far as being a human. So let's get started down this path to enlightenment and let's start with the dominance. All right. Well, for those of you who have no clue what uh, personality profiling is. I hope you have listened to the previous episode. I did my best to explain the, uh, the general concept. And uh, so I'm just going to assume that you've listened to the uh, episode 41, the, the first part of the series, and just dive right in to the DISC personality profile, which is, for me, it's the one I'm most familiar with. I've used it the most. I really enjoy a lot of the tools that are out there for insights. There's other um, newer, I guess new, I don't know. There, there's, there's plenty of different personality profiles, tools out there, such as the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs personality or personality plus. So this is not the be all to end all, but this does overlap. The disc personality profile tool overlaps a lot with the other tools because I mean, let's be honest, there's only so many ways to classify how people work. But, uh, in this case, they have kind of four main quadrants uh, in, in the DISC personality profile. And if you're looking at the video, I can show you, they're, they kind of put it into a graph form of where, you know, that you can see the square there and it says DISC and it starts with dominant in the top left and then going from kind of clockwise, dominant top left, influencer top right, steadfast bottom right, and then conscientious bottom left. And so you just go around in a, in a clockwise motion. And uh, those quadrants are important, and they're there for a reason. But uh, DISC breaks the main groupings into four quadrants, and then you as a person have a little bit of all four. The question is how much of which ones. Some people you know, are very, very high in one and very low in all of the three, and then others are more even keeled in all four, and then there's all sorts of variations. This, uh, this particular 
test that I put up in front of the camera, for those of you who can't see it, um, the, uh, is by Wiley, which I believe Wiley is the company that uh, invented DISC, or at least they're the ones that kind of own the, co- the patent or concept of it. And uh, I will put some links to different tests that I have taken. Um, I will say with DISC personality testing and any testing, uh, you get what you pay for. You know, if you Google DISC personality test, you'll get free tests and they'll give you some information, but not nearly as thorough and uh, useful, in my opinion. But uh, this one I'll put a link to is my favorite. It's a DISC Classic 2.0. Um, and it's uh, I found it on yourlifespath.com, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, .com. But uh, anyway, so I am not a D, but I know, we all do. We all know dominant personalities. And um, for me, it was a long time, it was the most difficult personality for me to deal with. And to be honest, it's the most difficult personality for most people to deal with. Uh, dominants are exactly what they sound like. They're they are born leaders. They are you know the ones that want to change the world. They 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 want to find the leader in the room and and make sure that that they know. Yeah, I know that you're the leader, but you know that the moment you mess up, I'm going to step in. And uh, if you have not watched Danny Silk's uh, teaching uh, called "Know Yourself, Know Your Team." Oh my gosh, it is hilarious. I show it to everybody in my life that that even remotely shows interest in understanding uh, personality profiles and understanding themselves. It is highly entertaining, highly, highly informative, and it has solved so many intrapersonal problems in with for me and my friends. Um, I, ha- I know multiple business owners who that's part of their onboarding process is that they actually make their new employees watch this video. And uh, I, I'll try to th- throw a link in there uh, to, I know he took it down off of YouTube, Danny Silk did, um, but I know you can still buy it. Uh, he, it's at his events and stuff, and I imagine it's on his store. So I'll try to throw a link for that video in there as well. Um, but yeah, I love how he describes dominance because he, he's so he's so funny. And uh, he kind of talks about, you know, dominant work walking in the room, immediately looking for who's the leader. Who's the leader of this room? I'm watching you, right? And so that type of personality, I mean, there's there's really very few world-changing leaders throughout history that didn't have a significant amount of D in their, uh, in their personality. And that dominant personality can be seen in the form of leadership, in the form of I'm going to change things, I'm going to shake things up. So I'm going to do my best to kind of drill down a bit. I'm going to give you some some of the notes actually that come from Danny Silk's teaching, and uh, as well as other notes that I've that I've gathered over the years. And uh, then I'm going to get into what I believe to be the most dominant concept towards to help you get to enlightenment, which is really the point of this series. I I'm on a journey to enlightenment. There's people in my life that are on the on the way too, and what I've realized is that uh, we're all very different. I've known that for a long time, duh. But that enlightenment and how to get there has to match your personality. And uh, once you hear these episodes, you hear this this episode on dominance. If you're a steadfast, which is essentially, if you look at a, you can imagine four quadrants there's going to be almost kind of a polar opposite personality type 
um, which doesn't mean that you can't actually have both. I actually know Ron Hale, who's been on this episode. He is a DS, or maybe he's an, I think he's an SD. Um, his primary is steadfast and his secondary is dominant, but they're really close. And so, and I'm actually a CI, which is also opposite quadrants. And I'll try to explain that a little bit more. Actually, you know, I'll explain it right now. So the quadrants of the disc personality profile map, if you will. So just to picture a clock, I'm trying to give this visual for people listening to a radio or to a podcast. Um, picture a clock in your mind with, you know, four quadrants and it's, you know, it spells disc and it goes, you know, going uh, left to right, like you would read in a circle. The, the, the D and the I that are above the halfway point, they are characterized by a few things. One of the things they're characterized is they're, they tend to be more fast paced, right? So if you're dominant or an influencer, you like action. You like things to move. You like things, you, you, you're not a big fan of that kind of ready, aim, aim some more, aiming some more, and now fire, right? No, D's and I's, they'll typically pull the trigger before they aim. Like, <laughs> so um, that the, the above the quadrant, you're typically more fast paced. Below the quadrant, you're typically more deliberate paced, right? You're calculated, you're patient, and you let things kind of flow out. You don't, you don't blow up a lot of bridges as a, as a C or an S. You let things play their own, kind of go at their own pace and you flow with life a lot more. Um, and then on the left side of the quadrant, your D's and C's are typically task oriented and they, and they prefer uh, certainty, right? So uh, your dominance in your conscientious individuals they are more concerned about getting stuff done and more concerned about um, being able to calculate what's going to happen. The I's and the S's on the right side of the quadrant are typically more people-oriented, and they actually thrive on uncertainty. So they're more about more interested in having fun, and more uh, they get a lot of energy from kind of a lot, you know, not um, not uh, knowing what's going to happen and enjoying. Uh, the the journey, if you will, and so, but eyes want to get there faster. They want they want enjoy, they want to get to wherever they're going quickly, but they want to have some measure of uncertainty. Whereas D's want to get there really quickly. They want to know exactly where they're going. So another thing is that the D's and I's, the ones up on the top half of the circle, they also tend to view themselves as being more powerful than their environment. Right? That's why they want to move fast. They need to feel that way in order to move fast. And so they're going to make the waves. They're going to be the, they're going to be the pebble or the rock or the giant boulder that gets thrown into the river or into the lake. And they're going to change the environment. Whereas the C's and S's tend to view the environment as more powerful than them. And so they're going to, they're the water. You know, the boulder is the thing that got thrown into their, their world and now they have to respond. So that's how they view the environment. But now the I's and the S's on the right side. So if you're paying attention, I'm going top, bottom, left, right. Um, now on the left, right concept of it, the I's and the S's, they view the environment generally as favorable. So yes, an I is more powerful than, than the environment, but the environment is favorable versus the D's and the C's on the left side of the quadrant. 
they view their environment as unfavorable. So in the, for this episode, we're talking about people who view themselves as more powerful than their environment, but they generally view the environment as being unfavorable, so they need to dominate. They need to change the environment. And you will find that there are people, and you may be one of these, that your kind of general stance is that something is wrong with, with the world around you, and therefore you need to fix it. And you are powerful enough to fix it. If you're a C, you, you see the, something's wrong with the world around you, and you need to figure out how it can be fixed, but you don't necessarily view yourself as the source of that. And so you're going to, and we'll get to all of that once we get to the C's, which is three episodes from now. So the dominants are people who view themselves as more powerful in the environment and that the environment is generally unfavorable. They want to move quickly and they want to focus on tasks, not so much on people. And they, they want to know where they're going. They want to know where the lines are, what their authorities are and aren't. They love having lines. Uh, this is another thing from Danny Silk's teaching on it in Know Yourself, Know Your Team. Where he's like, you know, if you're going to have a D on your team, if you are a D, you need some lines. You need to know where the lines are. And if you don't have the lines, it will drive you nuts. And even where those lines are, you want to know, like, how much of the line is mine? Like, do I have the whole line or do I stop at the line? Like, like you need to know where your lines are in relationships, where your lines are at work, where your lines are with God. Um, these are typically, your dominance are the ones who are typically making sure there's plenty of rules to know that this is righteous and this is not. This is good and this is bad. And so, you know, you, as you can imagine, uh, Paul and Moses were both had a lot of dominant in them. And uh, if this is starting to sound like you, then... I highly encourage you to look into Discord Personality Profiling. It's uh, very useful, as I've said many, many times. So uh, the emphasis of a D is someone whose focus is shaping the environment by overcoming opposition to accomplish results. Again, they feel like the environment is unfavorable, but they're more powerful than it, and they're going to change the world. They are individuals who their main driver, and so I'm going to go through these on all the different ones, what the main driver is of all the different personalities. And in this case, the main driver of a, of a dominant is the need to be significant. Every one of us deals with a main lie. All of our personalities struggle with these, the, the lies that we, that the world throws in and kind of throws a wrench into our process. And the main lies that um, the dominants deal with is the fear of not being respected or valued, Right. And so in, over, in order to overcome that lie, they decide to climb over others to prove their worth. And so if, if not being respected or not being valued uh, really, really irks you and you find yourself, it's not just that it irks you, it's, it's that you find yourself kind of always feeling like someone's not value, valuing you. It is a lie that you believe. And even if you are valued, it's the one that trips you up. So then the... the Every one of us has an emotion we generally show when we feel powerless. And in the case of dominance, that a dominant personality, their, their powerless emotion is often anger. Um, not all the time, but um, anger is, is the powerless emotion for dominance by and large. 
And the, you know, this is one of those ones, this one kind of the greatest fear that each of these different personality profiles have is arguably one of the most telling things on what you may or may not be. And the greatest fear of a dominant, <laughs> greatest in quotes, you know, your greatest fear might be sharks, I don't know, but the greatest kind of general fear of for a dominant is wasting time or inefficiency. Like dominants hate inefficiency. They hate wasting time. And if you are dominant, you know of what I speak because even me taking 15 minutes to get to that point is feels highly inefficient, I'm sure. Because I'm a C and I like all of the data. And dominants are the ones that are listening to this podcast on three times speed because they want to get to the end and they want to get to the point and you know who you are. <laughs> so, uh, and C's are the ones that are listening to everything and they're rewinding and they're, and I's are the ones that are kind of, kind of listening and mostly not listening. And then S's are the ones that, that are cringing right now because dominance are largely their opposite. And, uh, they're realizing all these people in their lives that they can't stand because they're dominant and it just scares them. <laughs> So, the driver, let me go with this again, the driver need to be significant, the lie, not being respected or valued, the powerless emotion, usually anger, and the greatest fear is inefficiency or wasting time. They're task-oriented, fast-paced, they're more powerful than their their environment, although their environment is generally seen as unfavorable, and they want certainty. They want to know the plan. What is the plan? Let's get something done. To get a dominant that is uh, doesn't have something to do is is like caging a lion. Um, they you know dominance need something to do. They're the ones that la- rarely like the idea of like hey just play a video game or watch a movie. They're like it, it kind of needs to be something a moment they really need to relax. Otherwise they'll be the ones that'll be watching a movie and also doing the dishes and also vacuuming and stuff. And, and the S's and the I's are like, what, you know, let's just hang out. Let's have a good time. And the C's are, they're watching a movie while also, you know, studying something online. Like, but the dominance are the ones doing stuff all the time. They're always doing stuff. They're getting home from work and they're doing stuff on the house. They want to be doing something. They don't like wasting time. So, there's a whole lot more to that. Um, again, I think the best couple resources I, I have found for this stuff, I will put in the notes out, and they'll be in the show notes for the next four episodes for sure. Now, let's get to the meat of why I'm doing this series, which is if you're a dominant and you need to be doing something and you need to be moving fast and you need to have a plan and you need to, how do you search for enlightenment? Because I can promise you that going to India and sitting down and, and meditating for, you know, 10 hours a day for 40 nights, for 40 days and nights and relaxing and clearing your mind like that, I, I can almost guarantee you that has never resonated with a high D in the history of the universe. <laughs> I'm sure there are cases where, I mean, I, nothing is outside of spirit's range. And obviously, there's dominance. Dominant is not uh, the, you know, these aren't, these aren't just like, oh, you've got, so you're, you're, you're kind of dominant. We all have all four personality energies with us. 
this is these are episodes on what it is to be a high D, right? It, and and being a very high D, a high dominant, brings out the the traits of the dominance, um, just like the other, you know, a high I or a high S or a high C. Um, but most of us are mixes, but some of us are very high in one, and so they're they're kind of the prototype of what those energies are. So I am sure that there's people who've had plenty of dominant in them that have been led to meditate or they've been led to uh, go on spiritual pilgrimages. But for the most part, Ds want a plan of action. They want to get it done. And they want, they want to know that they've kind of got a one, two, three, this is, this is how I can do it. And these are the rules. And this is going to be the most efficient way forward. And sure, it's going to, it might hurt some people, but whatever. Because here's the deal. Dominance do, by and large, they don't care too much about steamrolling people. Um, they're kind of tanks in, in the world. And they do change the world, and they're powerful, and they can be beautiful people. But when it comes to people's feelings or people's sacred cows, they just don't really spend a whole lot of time pausing their journey for the sake of other people's journey. And so on your path to enlightenment, you know, you may have had a dominant in your life who has steamrolled you. And it's easy to take that very personally. And, and one of the tools that I'll be going over is the uh, Toltec wisdom tradition and the four agreements. And one of the agreements is don't take things personally. If you can realize that certain personalities are just kind of geared and towards fast paced steamroll tank, uh, I'm going to, this is where I find strength and energy and value is I need something to do and I need to, I need to accomplish and overcome obstacles and I'm more powerful than my environment. And we're all trying to find enlightenment. And I think it's pretty obvious that there's some teachers out there that, that do not resonate with those people at all. But then there's other teachers and I'm going to, for me, um, Brad Blanton and Lauren Zander are two of the individuals that and again, this, I'm not the final authority on any of this, but for me, uh, if you're a dominant and you want to plan, you want to get this done, check out Radical Honesty and Lauren Zander, The Handled Method. So when it comes to getting to enlightenment, there is no one size fits all. And there's certainly no way that my, my me doing a podcast can give you a plan to the level that a dominant might want. <laughs> You're going to have to learn how to follow your intuition. You're going to learn how you're going to have to learn how to find the right tools that spirit knows you specifically need. But if you don't even know where to start and you want a general energy, radical honesty, and I'm going to kind of just stick with that cuz cuz uh, Lauren Zander talks a lot about being honest. Um, but radical honesty and what Brad Blanton has to teach is essentially exactly what it sounds like that if you want to start getting yourself out of prison cuz right if you're in you know the human mind is in prison and we are all looking to be freed from that prison well radical honesty kind of takes the whole idea of like the truth shall set you free very very literally and so radical honesty is they it's a great book uh, he kind of outlines three different levels of being honest and what kind of things you need to be honest about um, he, I've, I haven't read Practicing Radical Honesty yet, but I did order that. I'm showing the two books right now. 
that uh, I'll be going through and uh, radical honesty and practical practicing radical honesty. But there is kind of some, you know, he's done, Brad Blanton has done radical honesty groups for over 25 years. And so maybe 30 years now. And uh, so he's got kind of some how-tos on how to be radically honest and to build a life of being radically honest. But here's the deal. Honesty will begin to get set you free from the life that has kept you in bondage. And it's not just honesty about things that you've done. It's not just honesty about how what you really think or what you really feel. It's also honesty with yourself. It is honesty with your past. It is honesty in all areas in that Radical honesty is radically difficult for a lot of personalities, except for D's. D's are probably listening to this podcast going, well, of course, just tell, like, just tell two people just need to deal with it. <laughs> and S's are like, oh my gosh, that's so uncaring, because it kind of is. But it's also a different version of caring, because if you're not being honest with people, then you're actually just lying to them, which is not trusting them to be able to deal with what it is that you have to say. And if you can't be honest with people in your life, then what are you building relationships on? You're just building relationships on a bunch of lies. And so D's will look at S's and basically feel like S's are just a bunch of liars who don't care enough about you to be honest. S's look at D's as a bunch of steamrollers who don't care enough about you to care about to, to even be gentle, right? And they just all they care about is themselves. So S's care about everybody and be everybody but themselves, quote unquote. An unhealthy S does. They always put everyone else first to their own detriment. And an unhealthy D doesn't put anybody else above them ever because they're the only ones that matter. Obviously, these are unhealthy versions. There's very healthy versions of people that have more balance. But by and large, the D personality loves to be honest and loves to just tell you what they think, to tell you what they feel, to tell you what they did. Yeah, I had, you know, I don't know if my older brother will ever listen to this podcast, but I remember for years just kind of laughing with him and my family. Like he's, he has a sizable amount of dominant in him. And, uh, Whenever he would do something as a kid, like he would, you know, steal candy or, or say a swear word or whatever, or, you know, <laughs> he would just tell my parents, this is the truth. Like, this is what I did. And, and it was, it was radically honest. He never, and still doesn't. He's very incredibly honest. Um, if he does something bad, he will tell you. If he does something stupid, he will tell you. If he thinks something uh, bad, like he, he does not mind just uh, owning up to his shit. And uh, that is what D's kind of, that's one of the things that they pride themselves on is just owning up to their shit. So the pros of being radically honest are for a D is that it helps you clearly define, one of them is it helps you clearly define the lines. Remember, you want to know where your lines are. And so when people are being dishonest or when they're being, you know, polite there, you don't know like where you stand and it probably drives you nuts. And so being radically honest forces the conversation of like, where's this relationship at? What is, what is my, what is my role here at this job? Because I keep doing this and it's, and it's not working. 
And that kind of radical honesty uh, with a boss that can't handle radical honesty is just going to make the, the lines be defined. Uh, another pro is radical honesty is the fastest way to get out of prison. Because if you have a life around you that you don't want, then just be honest about it. Right? I don't want this life. I don't, and you will you will change and bulldoze and you will rapidly change the environment around you, and it, you absolutely get out of that prison very quickly, depending on how radically honest you are, and so that's a pro for sure. And then radical honesty, I think uh, one of the things I will say I value is that it, that I see as a major value is that it does respect others. It just respects others in a different way than what an S might see as respect. It respects others to be able to handle their shit too. If I need to tell you something, and I know it's going to be difficult for you to hear, and I just withhold it, I'm not respecting your ability to handle it. I'm actually disrespecting you and dishonoring you because I think I need to manipulate you by withholding information. Radical honesty and Ds in general do show a lot of respect for other people in a very powerful way. And um, I think the world could use a little bit more of that in in a beautiful, mature version. I think like, you know, obviously Donald Trump, he's got some uh, high amount of dominant in him, and he's very honest about his opinions about things on Twitter. And I think there's some great tweets, and I think, you know, he's pretty famous for his dumb ones. And he's pretty, you know, blunt, in a way that I think is immature at times. But uh, so we, we've all seen how true honesty, although it can be very hard to hear, can be very respectful. And um, if you read Radical Honesty and Practicing Radical Honesty, uh, I know that's exactly Brad Blanton's goal, is that uh, you know this isn't about telling everything in the sense of what, you know, you don't, you're not going to tell the Nazis where the Jews are hidden, right? But it is about being, owning up to your stuff and finding a way to say it boldly and bluntly without being an ass. And to be honest, <laughs> pun intended, uh, regardless of how softly you say certain things, the receiver of those things will always think you're an ass. So, but D's, they understand that and they're kind of cool with it. Like, I understand people don't like me. I, I think this or whatever. Um, the cons of radical honesty in the hands of a dominant is it does run over people with the truth. And I have seen it firsthand. I think we all have where it, it does become just genuinely unkind to just blurt out what you really think at the wrong moment get out of my way. This is the life. This is the path. This is how it works. You just need to deal with it, you big baby, right? That can certainly be a con and can certainly be abusive. And I think a lot of people have, including D's themselves, right? They're not, (laughs) we've all felt abused by people of our own personality type, including abuse of ourselves, from ourselves. So we've all felt kind of that, uh, that abuse from a dominant where it just is really evident that they do not give a shit about you. And it's really hard to feel that kind of lack of care and lack of genuine concern. But at the same time, we've all felt those, like, what is it when, what is it like when a dominant kind of comes boldly 
and it's there's an energy of like I know I'm about to tell you something that you don't want to hear, but I'm telling you because I do care. That's a whole different way of being uh, loved and respected. It's hard. It's still hard when somebody when your boss tells you that your performance is crappy and that you're on the edge. Of, like it's hard to hear that stuff. Or when when your friend tells you something about you that that they really don't like and it's really struggle. They're struggling to even be your friend still or whatever. That stuff's hard. Those conversations are not easy. And in the hands of an unhealthy D, those are the conversations that that like freaking cause major damage and blow up your life. In the hands of a healthy D, they can be super empowering and super powerful. But it can be a con is that honesty in the hands of a D can be a hand grenade. And uh, when it when a scalpel would do. And uh, it also and it, which then kind of is that the other con is it of all the paths to enlightenment. D's are going to be the most volatile. <laughs> if you have a D in your life who is a dominant in your life, who is trying to become enlightened, there is a really good chance that their journey has caused a lot of collateral damage. And that collateral damage, hopefully, can be repaired and cared for. Uh, hopefully this this podcast episode, uh, if you are dominant and you realize, wow, yeah, that's totally me. I've I have bulldozed people. I have uh, I want to get there fast. I want to get there efficiently. I do care about people, but maybe I could have cared more. Um, there are ways to repair those those that damage, but to own up to it is the first first thing. To own up to the fact that uh, you're a dominant. You're looking for spiritual enlightenment. You're looking to grow and mature and become fully human, a divine human. And in, in doing so, um, there's been a lot of collateral damage. So those are kind of the pros and cons. And here's the, there's a major trap inside of each one of these. So all personality profiles, I'm going to share with you the tools that I think you will find the most useful. And in each tool, there's also a trap. The trap with radical honesty and the path to enlightenment is kind of the trap, honestly, that in my opinion, a lot of the community around the radical honesty has gotten into. And I don't know about Brad Blatton himself, but it's the trap where you think that being radically honest and letting go of all of those negative energies, like I'm just telling you the truth, I'm letting it flow, I'm, I'm telling you what I really think. You think that letting go of negative energies via honesty is the same as it being enlightened because you're just free. You're just free to be honest. But here's the deal. The truth is, if you're truly enlightened, most of those negative energies never show up, right? So if I need to be honest with you about something, it's because something's bothering me or whatever. Often, it's because something's bothering me. Something negative is going on inside of me and I need to let it out. Well, that is a beautiful way to get out of prison, but there is a higher form, which is true enlightenment, to where things don't bother you. Where literally heaven on earth is, and the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. So if you're constantly having to purge hurtful things and everything like that because you just don't want it inside of you, that is a wonderful tool. And it is how a very good tool to get to enlightenment. This is the path to enlightenment. But true enlightenment is to the point where you don't have to always purge this stuff, 
right? How often did Jesus purge through radical honesty with his disciples? He had his moments. You know, how often? How long am I going to put up with you guys? He he cleared that he did let that honesty flow, but most of the time, stuff just didn't bother him. And so, the trap for radical honesty is conflating the two, thinking that you're being radically honest means you're enlightened. No, it actually means that. You're you're keeping yourself from impri- being imprisoned by lies and and those energies. Great, beautiful. Keep doing that. But the real goal is to rise above even needing to purge that stuff because it doesn't show up. So each one of these episodes, I also uh, that's kind of the the overview of what a dominant is and how I believe the radical honesty tool is the the best tool for a dominant to employ if they want to change their life and become enlightened, which I defined in the first episode as a combination of transcending your, your, your existence and kind of stepping into the fullness of who you are, as well as living heaven on earth. This is, to me, a, a very powerful tool to start that journey and to continue that journey for you. Now, at the there's also realities of all these tools of so that's going to work for a dominant here's stuff that probably won't work for most dominants um remember again everyone's got a little bit of everything so this is not a uh, hard and fast formula but um most dominants are not going to find teachings like the power of now <laughs> with Eckhart Tolle like I've listened to that I love it um I have, being a C, which is my primary, um, I love all the data. So I like actually knowing all of the different tools and everything, although I know which ones work better for me versus which ones don't. And uh, I love the power of now. It is beautiful. It is absolutely spot on and correct. The thing is, is if you're a D, it probably will bore you to tears and you will never really think about using that power of now in your day-to-day walk. You will very often think about using radical honesty. Like, I should be radically honest. This will this will help solve this problem. You're probably not going to ever think about The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And um, that's, that's mostly your kind of meditation, patience, observe what's going on and find the joy in the moment. Now, there just, that is very, very close to true enlightenment. And I think in some ways, maybe the most clear definition of enlightenment is the power of now. But as a tool, using the power of now for a dominant is going to be very, very uh, slow. And dominants don't want to move slow. And uh, it comes from a culture that's very patient and much slower. Kind of those Eastern cultures, they, they search for enlightenment very peacefully and dominance might say slowly uh and the western culture is more dominant in general and they we want the tools and we want the seven steps we want the you know we want if 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 ayahuasca or or peyote can can help us get there faster then by golly let's do it versus in the east if becoming a monk and going to meditate for 40 years on the mountain in tibet then by golly let's do it and so that power of now and that meditative, you know, if you're a dominant, you've probably, and you've wanted to meditate, you've probably had to kind of had to force yourself to do it. 
Uh, actually, uh, Lauren Zander and her handle method, one of her things that she always talks about is giving yourself consequences. So in her case, she wanted to meditate. And her consequences, if she didn't, was that she didn't get coffee. She wasn't allowed to drink coffee in the morning until she meditated for 15 minutes. Her uh, teacher wanted to do 20. She negotiated down to 15. <laughs> it's a very dominant thing to do. Um, and then she doesn't let herself watch TV until she meditates in the evening. And so if you are going to use meditation, I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, give yourself consequences. But it's, it's still going to have that D dominant flavor. And uh, otherwise, you know, there's not a whole lot of dominance that going to take 15 minutes to just relax because that's such a waste of time. And remember, dominance don't want to waste time. So, yeah, that is kind of my primary idea of what a dominant might be able to employ in their life as they look for enlightenment. If you are a dominant, I would love to kind of hear some feedback from you um, on the on the Facebook group, on the Facebook page, or uh, you know, message me if you're a friend of mine. And uh, the all these podcast episodes get posted on newagechristianity.org. So even if you're using it in a feed uh, like you know Spotify app or anything like that, the episodes have a comment section on the website. Would love to hear some feedback on Austin, that was the dumbest thing ever, or oh my gosh, you saved my life, you, you changed my life, or whatever. Um, I have known to all the D's in my life that I have known, and those of you who listen to this episode, I love you. And <laughs> I have found the, uh, for me, the dominant personality has been uh, arguably my, my greatest source of growth um, in interpersonal relationships because I am, uh, that is the lowest, uh, dominant is the lowest um, balance in me, although a lot of people think I am one. And it's because I am, I surround the dominant by being a DI or a CI, sorry, um, that I have a lot of the traits that dominants have because I'm in both quadrants. And uh, at the same time, the world needs you. The world needs dominance to change it. And we all need you to become mature dominant personalities. Because there's a good chance that uh, in your immaturity, you have hurt a lot of people. And uh, especially steadfast people who are there, who are loyal, who are patient, and will let you run all over them. But if you can mature and realize that uh, that there are ways to be honest, there are ways to make change, there are ways to make waves that can still maintain respect and understand what other people need from you, um, and you can gather people around you that you can lean on for things like patience or more data before making a decision, you know, ready, fire, aim, you know, maybe ready, aim, fire is the better choice. And uh, <laughs> so if you're a dominant, we love you. I love you. And it's taken me a lot of work. I'm being pretty vulnerable. It's taken me a lot of work to get to the point where um, I can, I know how to interact with a dominant because it's uh, it's a challenge to, to be steamrolled. And 
to once somebody steamrolls you, it's hard to respect them back and everything like that. And so it's it's been an interesting journey, but uh, I have loved and appreciated every one of you in my life who are dominant and um, have come a long way because of you. And uh, let's all mature together. Let's all seek for enlightenment together. And uh, I know for me, this tool, Radical Honesty, is one that I'm going to begin employing in my life more and more. And uh, I would like to build a community around honesty. And uh, it's not easy, but it is honestly what the world should look like. Um, because uh, Satan, Satan, not, uh, well, listen to my episode on Satan. You'll know what I mean when I say it. Satan is the father of lies. And honesty is the exact opposite of Satan. So, it is not against you. It is the truth that will set you free. And dominance can lead the way and show us the way on how to do this. And the better and better you get at it as a dominant, the more and more influence you will have in people's lives. So, next week we're going to talk about the fun path to enlightenment, which is for our influencers. They are the tiggers of the world. And they just want to have fun. And today was obviously the powerful path to enlightenment. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you're looking forward to the next few and to learn a bit more about other people and yourself. As always, uh, thank you for your time. I know uh, 45 minutes or an hour is, is a lot to ask for in, these, in this day and age. And I appreciate your attention. If you would consider donating to the cause... Um, have a few uh, expenses that did not expect and could uh, use a little extra help uh, these days. So if you could just ask Spirit and uh, see if uh, he would have you give, we always appreciate you asking and uh, just even energetically considering it. It means a lot. All right, guys, have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week with the third episode of this series. And until then, enjoy your path to enlightenment. <laughs>